Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Narratives of Grace podcast, The Pastor's Corner. Uh, in today's episode, we have a special guest, uh, Pastor James Shroma from The Gathering, and he and Pastor Dennis are going to be talking about what it is to be called to the office of pastor. Awesome. Well, thanks, Pastor Caleb, and thank you for coming uh, today, James. We're, we're excited. I know we would just work together on an ordination council, and we, Pastor Caleb and I felt like it, it would be really good for us to share a little bit about what ordination is, why we do it, why it matters, and what the Bible has to say about it. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm really thankful for you being willing to come yeah, in well, and help. I'm super excited to be here. And it's been a joy to work with you and Pastor Caleb and, you know, the other people from Milani Baptist Church. And, and also talking about that, that ordination council. That was a great <laughs> ordination council. Uh, you, you did a great job putting it together. Thank you. I appreciate that. And for those listening, he'll be paid for his comments there. So <laughs> compensated for your review. I am not being compensated for this. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Well, uh, so speaking of ordination, what exactly is, because you've, you've obviously got uh, more experience than Pastor Caleb and myself. Um, so just could you give us a, your definition of what exactly is an ordination? All right, so an ordination is really a church's response to someone who is called into ministry. Mm -hmm. And so it's an affirmation by a church body to say that this man is is qualified mm -hmm. uh, to serve as as pastor. And and so that that's based that's a basic definition and right. maybe we'll get into a little bit more uh, details, you know, in this conversation. Yeah, perfect. And and I think it's important that we recognize that this is a biblical concept. This is something that uh I like the way you put it. it's it's the church's recognition of a call and um, because typically what you have is somebody that announces or at least discloses to someone somewhere you know hey I feel like God is calling me into ministry and for most people I know in my case and I know Pastor Caleb and I have talked about it in, in our cases when we first felt that God was leading us into ministry it's it's a very confusing time because for for me personally. I grew up in a church that only really ever had one pastor for a short period of time. There was an associate, but we never had a youth pastor. We never had a children's pastor. We didn't have, you know, a pastor of music and outreach or a pastor of family ministries or anything like that. It was just the pastor. And so when I was uh, in my senior year of high school and I started to sense that God is leading me into this, there's this initial period of confusion about how am I supposed to do that? You know, what is, what does it mean to, to go into this and going to Bible college opened my eyes to the many different areas where you can serve as a pastor and how you can serve through ministry. Uh, but pastors aren't the only ones that are ordained. And so we also recognize that uh, deacons, we do deacon ordination. And so in Pastor Caleb's case, obviously, we, we just went through the ordination council, which is one step in that process. And it's probably the most important and significant step um, for the church. For him, seminary was pretty significant <laughs> but um but for well, us to the best church, one right yeah, yeah. <laughs> southwestern right. yeah debatable no i'm just kidding <laughs> i didn't uh. <laughs> that's okay you don't have to agree with us that's but, you okay know. <laughs> i'm i wish i did <laughs> i'm covering my bases got southwestern getting in gateway looking to maybe add in another one eventually you just need to go to southern and then get something from new orleans and 
just wrap them all up. You know, <laughs> he's making Midwestern. his rounds. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, um, speaking of this being a biblical concept, uh, I do want to just very quickly read through the qualifications for overseers mm-hmm. as uh, Scripture gives us. And I'm reading out of the ESV, but this is 1 Timothy chapter 3. Paul tells Timothy that the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Verse 3, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if anyone or if if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the same condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil." And then Paul continues on with the the qualifications, which are very similar for deacons, but we're going to focus on on the qualifications for an overseer, for a pastor, for an elder. Uh, I think we use different terms, but here at Mililani, we we use the term pastor. Um, But biblically speaking, the term of an overseer, um, as, as you read through this passage, what are some things that stand out to you as it pertains to ordaining a pastor? I see uh, you you look at all of these characteristics, a big part of uh, what describes an overseer pastor uh, makes that this person qualified, first of all, is his character. Mm -hmm. And so you see a lot of a lot of that, right? Uh, Overseer must be above reproach. And so, you know, as we're thinking about uh, someone who's leading this person in in every area of his life needs to have character. Mm -hmm. People need to be able to, to look at at him and say, oh, that, that is someone who I can trust in the, in, with the big picture, with the mm-hmm. little details. Um, you know, husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, uh, hospitable, able to teach. You know, that's a big one. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, many times when people think about elders uh, or pastor, they may look at pastor or elder as, hey, let's get someone with a good personality or somebody mm-hmm. who can attract a crowd. But really the character and the ability to teach those are so important Mm -hmm. uh and and not just teaching and preaching to to be able to deliver a message but someone who's able to understand the deep truths of god uh to be able to apply the word of god and also to teach people to 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 apply and live out the word of god right so Mm -hmm. so the the teaching is very crucial if if someone cannot teach they can have all of these other areas right but but the teaching that that's what separates pastor from from everything else right because right. the the teaching is is a is a pastor's main responsibility in the way that he shepherds the flock mm-hmm. so uh teaching is important uh you know we we see uh, just i'm using the christian standard bible right. mm-hmm. so uh my, my translation says not a bully but gentle not quarrelsome not greedy so all of these are, are character issues and mm-hmm. when you look at what makes a good leader that these are great descriptions of that and you know there are other 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 qualities for a, a pastor and we, you know we mm-hmm. see that throughout this passage yeah and I, I think that's actually a really good uh translation they're not a bully but gentle you know you don't want somebody who's going to you know just 
lead with an iron fist. You want somebody that's going to um, show humility in the way that they lead. And one of the, the nice things about this ordination council that we had for Pastor Caleb was that it was uh, the people who served on that council are all men who know him. And, and I think there's a lot of, there have been a lot of ordination councils that I've heard of that, you know, you just kind of send out an email and you just a blanket coverage, anybody who's available, come help us. And, and, and I think that there's some drawbacks to that because you don't know that person's character in a, in a two hour interview, you know, there are some people who interview very well, um, but live horribly, you know? And so I think having somebody who knows the character to be able to say, you know, the character qualifications are there, let's evaluate something else. So what are some of the other things that we're evaluating beyond just character? I know you said able to teach. Um, and I think that's one that I think some people get confused on because I think when we hear able to teach, I think when the, those words are spoken, what people's ears are hearing is good speaker. And good speakers, not the qualification, able to teach is the qualification. Do you want to share anything on that? Sure. You know, when, when we look at, you know, able to teach, someone who understands God's word, mm -hmm. understands just the depth of right. God's word, the truth of God's word, and is able to teach it with truth and accuracy. And not only to teach it like a college or seminary class, but someone who teaches the depth and truth of that in a way that makes sense, in a way, in a way that gives life, in, in a way that people can hear that, they can apply that, and they can grow. And, and, and also, the teaching should affect individuals, but also should affect the direction that the church goes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that, that is why teaching is so important. Right. If, if someone's a good speaker, people are going to come to listen to a good sermon, but they're not going to get deep. Right. But when you have a good teacher, someone's going to be hungry for the word. And so that that's a really important qualification for uh, a pastor or someone who's going you know, when we look for ordination uh, for a pastor. Right. Well, and I think, you know, so much of the Bible uses references to food. And I mean, if you're listening, you can't see me, but I love food. <laughs> uh, but what, the reason I bring that up is. I think when you go out to a restaurant, you know, presentation is amazing, but if the food, if there's no depth to it, you know, you can make grilled cheese look good, but eventually you realize there's no real nourishment in that. And uh, having somebody who's able to teach, I think you hit the nail on the head, is that they're able to understand the word of God and explain that to people. And it may not be flashy. It may not be super charismatic or um, super exciting to hear, but you that's not why you come to church. And I think that's been lost in so much of the church in America is I think so many people have a consumer driven mentality for church. They want, they want to be uh, fed, but they want to pick the menu. Uh, one thing that's I love about word. what our, our RC Sproul said is, you know, the pastor's responsibility is to feed the sheep. And mm -hmm. so we know what the menu is. It's sheep food. If a couple goats walk in, we don't change the menu just because a few goats are in the room. We, we continue to feed the sheep. And, and being able to feed is so crucial. Um, and so I think as you look through these qualifications, realizing uh, that that is the single largest difference between the pastor and the deacon is that able to teach section. I know qualifications for deacons, it goes into deacons' wives and, and not being a gossip and things like that, but the biggest qualification that I see, uh, the biggest 
uh, change or the biggest difference between these qualifications is that able to teach. And I think that's why we're spending so much time on that one topic here is because wherever you go to church, wherever you're attending, you need somebody that has depth. Um, I think I've heard plenty of sermons in the past that are, you know, they're a mile wide and they're amazing to hear, but they're an inch deep and, you know, you can't, you can't go swimming, you know, you can't, you, you don't find the real nourishment. And eventually you realize there's no real depth here. Yeah. And there was a church when we lived in Georgia, there was a church that, um, kind of ballooned really fast and they were drawing people in really quickly. We had a few members that left to go there and then they ended up returning. And I'll never forget the reason they said they came back. And they said, I think from the the lady that was talking to, to us, she just came in and she said, I think for my family, we just, we want something authentic. We don't want something flashy. We just want something that's real. And after so long of hearing something that was real, going to something flashy, we're just ready for something real. And I thought, now you have the breakthrough, you know, now you see this is, this is why choosing your pastors wisely matters. Um, so in ordination, uh, I think the next question would be, so what changes after someone is ordained? How does that, how does that, uh, change anything? You know, I think for a lot of people, you know, they go to seminary and they get a degree and people always ask, so what are you going to do now that you have this degree? And it's like, well, I'm going to hang it on the wall and I'm going to keep doing what I was already doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but with ordination, I think the same question arises, and that's actually one question that we asked Pastor Caleb. You know, now that now that you've gone through this council, what's different? You know, and so how how would you answer that? What should change, or should there be much of a change? Well, several things about that. First of all, ordination is an affirmation that that the person who we have questioned and examined is is qualified to serve. Right. So in, right. In, in Caleb's case, was is he qualified to serve as a pastor? Is he qualified to serve in ministry? And so uh, we, we affirm that uh, the second thing is the, the laying on of hands. And, and it, it's really the, the church's way. Right. When mm -hmm. we come, we're going to there's going to come a time when Milani Baptists are going to they're going they are going to hover over Caleb. They're going to lay hands on Caleb. They're going to be other leaders they are going to pray for him. And so that is a church's affirmation saying we affirm everything that has already been spoken. We affirm what uh, the, the ordination council has said about Caleb. We mm -hmm. affirm Caleb's calling. And so in, in that there's, there's an affirmation. Now, the question is what happens after that? Well, there's an affirmation by the council. There's an affirmation by those who have helped to raise Caleb um, in, in the Lord. And as a leader, um, there's an affirmation by the church. Uh, there's really no transference of power, right? Right. Some people, it, some people will, will teach, well, you know, when I lay hands, uh, there's going to be transfer of power and, and, and you're ordained. And now you, when, there's going to be a difference between today and tomorrow. There, there's no difference. This is really, we're continually walking in the will of God. We're continually walking, uh, in, in the direction that God, God has us. Caleb's going to continue to, to grow as a, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, uh, but not, not, nothing changes, no transference right. of power. Um, you know, Caleb probably um, will not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you guys are going to set up, but just, you know, when we look at it practically, there's not going to be any more, hey, Caleb's just a little bit more powerful now because he's ordained. He's right. just, he's going to be Pastor Caleb. And, uh, and so it, it's just really an affirmation of the, the church and leaders and those who've, who've examined Caleb saying, we agree, we affirm his call and we mm -hmm. support him in that yeah absolutely and I, I like the 
<clears throat> excuse me, I like the, the word you keep using is a- affirm, the, the affirmation. Uh, and I think that's another thing that folks sometimes get confused on. The men who served on that council and the individuals who will eventually lay hands upon him, um, you know, the, the individuals present at that ceremony when it happens, none of them called Pastor Caleb to this or any pastor that's ever been ordained. None of these men have called them. This is an affirmation of what God has done. Mm-hmm. And so f- I, I like the the analogy of, of, you know, thinking of him on a path, you know, being ordained. The pastor who goes through that council and ends up becoming ordained, the ordination council and then and subsequent ceremony is not you know, hey, he's arrived. This is it. You know, this is the pinnacle of his, you know, I hate to use the word career, but this is the pinnacle of, of where he's been going. Now, what it is, is the affirmation he's on the, he's on the road. And uh, it's a road that many have walked before him or, or whoever this, you know, we're talking about Pastor Caleb, but whoever the individual being ordained is, it's an affirmation. They're on that road and we see that and we recognize that and we affirm him. But it's not just affirming and saying, yep, you're going in the right direction and then leaving. It's we are now challenged to be in prayer for him as our, as our pastor, as a pastor. And so uh, whenever we serve on a council, we have that responsibility to recognize, yes, this person, we do believe that they are called. We do see this. We, we see the character. We see the calling in his life. And we see that he is competent for this work. And so we want to continue to pray for him. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, several of the men challenged him with, uh, spe- specifically speaking of Pastor Caleb, was just the fact that now that we've all identified this in your life and we see this, that you've, you've told us you feel called, we see that, we recognize that, and we want to encourage you in that and continue to train and equip and build into you. But we also know all of us who have walked that road, the attacks are coming. And, um, you know, that, I think that's why there's so much that revolves around character mm-hmm. that involves the pastor. And, and I think we've all heard stories of different individuals that have uh, washed out or have um, somehow discredited their character or, or we'll hear of a pastor's name and there's that immediate like, Oh, I know that guy. Or, you know, you, you introduce somebody and you're like, Oh, I hope he's not your pastor. And you hear these things. And it's, for me, it's always heartbreaking mm-hmm. uh, to know of a man who, at some point in that in that guy's career, there were a group of men who identified and said, "Yes, we want this guy." And at some point, fell to the wayside and and has uh, discredited or even disqualified himself. And that is, we as church members, I know you and I and, and Pastor Caleb, we're, we're pastors, but we're also members of our individual groups, and we should continually be in prayer for our pastors because not only do they watch out for your soul, but they're also under the same temptations, the same distractions, the same struggles that we all have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when you said, you know, there's no transfer of power, for me, I, I imagine that in, in my brain, and I'm thinking of, you know, if there's now something special because, you know, we, we put hands, well, he's, I think what we do is we put men on a pedestal and we say, well, he's been ordained. So clearly he's top line. He's, he's cream of the crop. And then we put them on a pedestal and then we get surprised when something bad happens and we need to stop putting people on pedestals and just continue to pray for them. And can I, and, can I say something about that ordination? Sure. You, you did a really good job of putting it together. Uh, and, you know, as I think back to that day when we did the, the ordination council, 
I looked at all of the men who were there, who were going to, we were going to examine Caleb, mm -hmm. solid men in the Lord, uh, men of character, but also even during the, uh, during the ordination council, they asked him tough questions mm -hmm. and they, they were not going to let him get by and they, right. they asked question on question. And so even in the examination, this wasn't going to be something they were going to rubber stamp him with it. Right. They, we as a collective group, you know, we know what we have seen in Caleb individually, mm -hmm. but collectively we needed to be able to affirm that together as a group. And so you have, you have, you have exceptional men of God, uh, who have poured into Caleb that Caleb's, you know, he has seen, uh, you know, just what it means to, what it means to follow God in ministry. Uh, they've lived it out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so now he's, he's followed that track and amazing, you know? So, um, these guys affirm, you know, ha have affirmed him in ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the things I really liked, and it's not something I did, it's just the men that, that you're talking about, uh, in between questions, just the little, little, uh, statements of yeah. advice or encouragement throughout. And, um, you know, I was just impressed with the line of questioning, you know, I I've witnessed, uh, councils and I've heard of councils where people just ask gotcha type questions and, and questions that it has no bearing on whether or not somebody's qualified. Well, it's either gotcha questions. Or I've been on other councils where it was so light. It was mm -hmm. almost like a Cracker Jack certificate. Right. You know? It's just but, a formality. Yeah. It's just a formality. We're going to rubber stamp it, but this was done well, uh, you know, Caleb had to come up with a statement of faith ahead of time. And mm -hmm. we, we read that, we examined that, we asked questions about what he wrote. And mm -hmm. so there, there's a lot of examination. And so we, you know, we examined, you know, his, his teaching, everyone has been able to see him teach. They've observed that, uh, his character, you know, mm -hmm. we've been able to see his character, but also when we, when he's put on the firing line, like, like he was, uh, for the ordination council, we, we were able to see everything come together. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, and you talk about the firing line, and, and I think of not just in that moment, but I think of um, an, an, uh, kind of a similar scenario, but now he's got a team of men behind him that can come and rally behind him in support when things come up throughout the duration of his ministry, and they can come by, behind him and say, no, we examined him, and you know, this is a man that, that we, that we believe is, is called, True. is qualified, yeah. is equipped, who's growing, still human, you know, but, um, but he has that support of other pastors. And, and I think it's a, a very important thing that churches understand that, uh, this should not be just a rubber stamp approval and we're just cranking people out. And, and I think we see the damaging effects of, of those men who are just pushed through with no real thought. And, and when they wash out in ministry, it's not just them who are harmed, but it's congregations, it's the kingdom. Uh, now, I believe in God's sovereignty, and, and I trust that God is going to work all of that out. But at the same time, how many blessings are lost? How many opportunities are missed? Because we're just cranking guys out and not not thinking about it, but mm -hmm. oh, you mentioned, you know, the, the line of questioning. I think one, one question that really stuck out to me in Caleb's ordination ceremony or the, the council rather, uh, was somebody had brought up one of the statements he had made in his statement of faith and said, Hey, I'm looking at this and you use this word. Why use that in particular word or why use that particular word? And I, I think for him, it was one of those moments like, Oh, okay. 
you know, and it was good. It was a good question. And I think for him, it was a, it was a teaching moment to where it's like, all right, words matter. And why use this word instead of another word? Or why should we use a different word? And so I, I, I bring that up to say it, it was thorough. And I'm not saying that as like a pat on my back because I wasn't the one that asked the question. But um, but I say that to say, you know, I have no issues moving forward at this point because I've worked with them for a year and a half. Some of those men have known him for years and uh, together we were comfortable. And just so everybody listening knows, not that there's any real question, but it was unanimous, you know, in his case. Um, I had a professor in college that used to tell us, I will serve on any one of your ordination councils. As my students, I would be honored to serve on your council. But if you call me and you ask me to serve on your council, I'm going to ask you, when is the ceremony planned for? And if the ceremony is already planned, I won't come. I won't do it. And, and I think that's crucial. And that's part of the reason why we still haven't planned his is one COVID, (laughs) but two, um, we intentionally did not plan that until after the council was completed, because I don't want anyone to walk in feeling like I got to just push this through because how awkward is it? You know? And of course I say all of that, um, my counsel, that's exactly how it was though. It wasn't a, it wasn't a rubber stamp move me through, but the, the ceremony was planned and that would have been super awkward to have to tell people like, go home. <laughs> Not yet. Especially you know. if the council was that day and you know, yeah. that afternoon and then that evening, the, there was going to be the celebration and laying on of hands. And yeah. if something happened, which it usually doesn't because it's rubber stamped, right. You know, but if something does, it's like, Oh, we're just going to eat. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no <and> service. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, scratch that. But for me, uh, and maybe we'll have a few minutes to just share a little bit, um, about your council as well. But for me, my council was planned on a Saturday. The evening service on Sunday was supposed to be the, the ceremony. And of course it was this like, and if this doesn't go well, we'll just, we'll just go through with a regular, uh, ser- uh service. Um, but Saturday was a three, it was a little over three hours of just rapid fire questions and they were good questions. And some of them were very practical. Um, the first question I was asked is, is there anything in your background that would embarrass us if we find out after we ordain you, you know, and I've always laughed about that, but I do think it's a valid question. But, uh, so I got all kinds of questions. Um, but I was very thankful for the men that served on my council because similar to what we did for Caleb in between the questioning, there were a lot of challenges and a lot of encouragement. And it was just a, uh, as Caleb described this one, just a conversation among colleagues at this point. Mm-hmm. And what about your council? Well, actually, I was uh, ordained in February of 1998 here at Milani Baptist Church. Oh, wow. I was the mission pastor at that time. Um, Milani planted Cornerstone, mm-hmm. and it was always my hope. I didn't want to get ordained on the mainline while I was in seminary. A lot of my friends were being ordained, but mm-hmm. I felt that I it needed to be a special time and a moment. And so at that time, I was serving here as a missions pastor, and uh, and and you know, I asked for ordination, and mm-hmm. but you know when. When I look at what Caleb went through and what I went through, completely different. Oh, really? You know, we we had uh, mine was one of those where okay, everybody come. I think there were about like thirty guys who came. You know, it was mm-hmm. just a mass. Like okay, if you guys want to come, come. And you know, I was a twenty-seven-year-old senior pastor uh, of this new church that mm-hmm. that was growing and everything. So I think people had questions, and and so they were asking more of more questions of my personal life. Like, when are you going to get married? And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you do get married, you know, it was was more of that. Right. Uh, I think the hardest question that I had to answer was, was what are the two ordinances of the church? That was it. 
Hmm. Um, or another, it was more on practical things like, okay, how will you lead your church to tithe and those mm-hmm. kinds of questions. But I wasn't as in depth as, as what Caleb mm-hmm. had to go through. So I, that's why I really appreciate, uh, the process that, that was put together. So well, I appreciate that. So for us now, every church as Baptists, we're all autonomous churches. So there isn't a real standard. There's kind of a set process, but it's, it's an unwritten standard. Uh, you gather a group of men that are also ordained or, or serving in ministry, and then they evaluate the, uh, the calling, the character and the competency of the, the ordination ca- uh, candidate. And then when that period of questioning is complete, the men, um, vote and they determine then they they give their personal affirmation of whether or not they're going to continue with this with this individual and assuming all is in the in in the affirmative then they schedule normally in a baptist church a potluck that uh involves a ceremony (laughs) i'll tell you what i I, you know as you're saying potluck milani baptist church really does put on the best potlucks and i I remember that day (laughs) i remember the day of my ordination and how special the people at this church made it Mm -hmm. and not just the food the food was awesome as usual here at this church but also uh the people and the way that people celebrated it, it was special and i still mm-hmm. remember that day very deeply and so i'm excited for for caleb and yeah. and his his uh celebration his ordination celebration great well thank you and i'm i'm just thankful that you were able to come in and do this and and um i think in the show notes we'll we'll add some of the verses that uh that we shared in a few that we didn't as well and uh we'll just uh i just want to encourage you as you're listening to this if you have questions about ordination or um or just questions about church life in general uh, we want to continue doing these types of podcasts where we talk about some of the practical things that go on in a church and just kind of continuing to educate edify and equip the church for future ministry but so thank you james for coming thank you for having me it was fun all right well y'all have a good day all right see you later Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Pastor's Corner. This was a great time to be able to have Pastor James here with us to talk about this process. And and I'm very thankful to him as well as Pastor Dennis who led the ordination and uh, Dr. Robert Miller from the Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention, uh, Logan Pooler, our chairman of deacons, uh, Pastor Aaron White, who actually married Naomi and I, Uh, Dr. Scott Annual, who led us in seminary in a lot of ways and I worked for for a time in his church, and Pastor David Jacks, who was the preacher of that church, uh, and really, they've all really played an important uh, part in this development and very thankful that they were able to be a part of this council. And for a little bit on this call in my life, um, I felt called to ministry shortly after coming to faith in college um, and I didn't know what it was going to look like but I pursued it because God wouldn't let me not pursue it Uh, so shortly after being married Naomi and I went to Southwestern Seminary where we both studied uh, music in different ways different parts of music and music ministry and what it is to lead music ministry and the theology behind uh, worship and and preparing for ministry in different ways Um, we were very thankful but after that being called here where we served and where different pastors observed us in different forms um, to until Pastor Dennis recently felt that it was time to put together this council to affirm this call and I'm very thankful for him and that and everybody else that was a part of it. 
For any questions or comments on this message or for any suggestions of things you'd like us to cover in the future, please email us at pastor at mbaptist.org. For any prayer requests, whether or not you're a member of our church, please email us at prayer at mbaptist.org. And for more information on Mililani Baptist Church, please visit our website at mbaptist.org or visit us on social media and YouTube. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you, Pastor James, for uh, being here as well, and we hope that you'll join us next time. <laughs>